On your Monday edition of Locked on Utes, does the name Jack Tuttle ring a bell? Do you remember that guy? I bet it does. I bet, I bet you do remember that guy. I bet you don't have good feelings about him. But I bet you remember him. What's he been up to? I'll give you a little refresher on what Mr. Tuttle has been up to since his transfer from the University of Utah back in 2018. That's coming up first on Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. Welcome back to the work week. It's Monday, April 12th. No, excuse me, April 11th. Wow, getting a day ahead of myself. April 11th. Um, hope you're enjoying your commute to work, or maybe you're listening to this at lunch, maybe uh, maybe something before dinner. Whenever you find yourself listening to Lockdown Utes, I really appreciate it. We uh, we thank you so much for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Just a reminder. The show's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And tell your friends, too. I work really hard on this. I need I need to make this thing bigger, okay? My name is Austin Facer. I'm local smart Alex slash sports fan, sports fan slash sports media whiz. Here talking to you authoritatively and entertainingly about the University of Utah athletics programs. Today, we, we still got... I didn't realize this until just a... Just a minute ago, I was Googling uh, days until a particular date. We're still about 145 days away from Utah's season opener against uh, Florida down in the swamp on September 3rd. That's like that's a whole summer away. I didn't I, I have barely even realized the summer hasn't even started yet. Uh, obviously, with summer coming up, baseball is a big part of the equation. Major League Baseball had its opening day over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. We're going to talk a little bit, a ba- little bit of baseball later in the show. But first, as I teased in the cold open, we're going to talk a little bit about somebody who elicits a lot of, evokes, I should say, evokes a lot of strong emotion among Utah football fans. Somebody who, whose name first came on the radar with a lot of high hopes. Somebody who didn't live up to any of those high hopes and transferred out of the program for reasons that are still not entirely clear. I've heard a couple rumors. I've heard a couple things from people closer in the program. Why Mr. Jack Tuttle uh, left the program. Of course, he was Utah's prize quarterback commit back in 2016 or so. He was a four-star guy from Mission Hills in San Diego County. Uh, Really, at, at the time, this was Utah's biggest quarterback signing in program history, I think there were a lot of people who were really excited about Tuttle's um, future with the program. There was a plan for him to probably become the heir apparent to Tyler Huntley, uh, take over the reins, and, and really have like a nice extended run at Utah. And I don't believe he ever took a single snap for the Utes. He transferred uh, in October of 2018. Um during his freshman season. I think just like a couple days before the red shirt um, day deadline. So yeah, he, uh, I, I, I posed this question on social media. I, I told, told my followers on Twitter on at lockdown Utes on Twitter. I said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys what's, what's Jack Tuttle's been up to. 
Uh, I'm curious if you guys have a single word you would describe your feelings about Tuttle with. And uh, most people use more than one word. I think uh, James Morse tweeted frustrated. I think that would be a good good word to use. Tom Hagen tweeted don't care, which I imagine is uh, probably where most people land on this issue since the, the Utes have found success without Tuttle. Uh, someone who goes by the uh, the the handle Jay Halito, sorry if I said that wrong, said never heard of her, which is a little bit of a dig there. And then Mr. Wasatch, Travis Vallejo, said, kid was highly influenced by his very, oh, he spelled this wrong, very involved father who refused to hashtag trust the process. A little bit of a Philadelphia Sixers, 76ers reference there. Anyway, you know, the reason I, why I wanted to talk about Tuttle and, um, I, I mean, it, 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 this, is, this is just kind of like uh, tying up the loose ends kind of thing. As some of you may know, if you're a real diehard fan of the show, which I'm sure all of you are, you'll know that I was the uh, original host of the show. I recorded a single episode along with Tyson Ewing back in 2018. That one episode was the uh, immediate reaction to the news that Tuttle had transferred. We, Tyson and I recorded a quick podcast. I recorded it from the comfort of my car. Um, you know, while, uh, while we were, while, you know, the, the, the news had broken that, that, um, Tuttle was intending to enter the transfer portal that night. And, uh, we didn't, I mean, there wasn't much to say. There wasn't a lot of information at that time. Since then, I think a little bit has trickled out as to, to why Tuttle chose to not even really give it the old college try at Utah. Um, you know, he was behind, he was third on the depth chart. He was behind, uh, Tyler Huntley, who, you know, would go on to become the, uh, the star he was at Utah now is a star at the Baltimore Ravens. He's back up to Lamar, Jack, Lamar Jackson, probably should be a starter at some point in his NFL career. He was also behind Jason Shelley uh, as well. So he was third on the depth chart. Tuttle was, and a lot of people, uh, I know Travis Vejo think that Tuttle's father had a role in this. I heard a rumor that um, Tuttle was telling people that he felt um, hazed in the program. Um, he he named one player on that team in particular who, in I guess in his words, was spearheading the hazing. Um, I, I I don't know. I, let's just say this: it was alleged hazing. I don't buy it though because the the name he dropped as sort of the the ringleader of the alleged hazing is someone that you would never ever suspect and could not imagine to do this. I'm not even going to, not even going to tell you who it is, but it's more than likely not true. But anyway, Tuttle's going to have like a, like an interesting, I guess uh, he's always going to be someone that the youths are going to remember for all the wrong reasons. Um, you know, obviously one of the, one of the bigger things that I, I know uh, fans of the program will know is that uh, he was someone that the youths chose over Zach Wilson who went on to start BYU and uh, was drafted second overall in the NFL draft. Uh, Utah chose Tuttle over Zach Wilson in that same recruiting class, even though Wilson had been a diehard Utah fan his entire life. His parents were season ticket holders. That was his number one choice. Instead, uh, Utah chose to sign Jack Tuttle and live up to the prom to a promise they made to Tuttle that they wouldn't pursue any other quarterbacks in that uh, in that signing class. So obviously Tuttle over Wilson turned out to be the wrong decision. But you know, 
say la vie. What are you going to do? That's life, right? So anyway, just to give you a little update on what Jack Tuttle's been up to, he transferred to Indiana University, and his career has never really taken off. Uh, 2019, his first year with the Hoosiers, he appeared in just six games, or excuse me, appeared in just five games, completed six of 11 uh, passing attempts for 34 yards, zero touchdowns. Um, nothing really, it seemed like just kind of spot performances there. The next year, 2020, obviously a shortened season, very complicated year for everybody. Appeared in just three games, completed four, 44 of 72 passes for two touchdowns and one interception. Again, 2020, say what you will about that. You know, not, not, nothing really too much to say. 2021, he appeared in six games, uh, completed 45 of 87 passing attempts for two touchdowns and five interceptions. And uh, kind of has been beleaguered by injuries for most of his time at Indiana. Uh, most notably, you know, he, he had a, a really kind of like a nice little moment in the game against uh, number five, Ohio State, who, of course, Utah lost to in the Rose Bowl. Um, he, he led this kind of this really nice drive against the Buckeyes and, and uh, threw this nice little dart into the back of the end zone for a touchdown against the Buckeyes and was taken out on that same play. And if, if you see the replay... He's writhing on the ground. He's 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 clearly injured. Um, I, I can't remember for the life of me what part of his body was injured. But anyway, that effectively ended his 2021 season with the Hoosiers, and he's now going into his senior year as a redshirt senior at Indiana, presumed to be the backup. He's not expected to take the reins to to be the starting quarterback in his final year of eligibility at the college football level. <sighs> so. That's what that's what's been going on with Jack Tuttle, and I think, um, I mean, obviously, no one's going to say they're they're happy to see someone whose career has been offset by injuries. Um, it is interesting to note that you know he just his, his career has never taken off from all the hype that was, from all the hubbub he got here in in Salt Lake City and Utah as a whole, and all the attention he got on his way out as well. Um, he's, he's going to be remembered as a, a, a very forgettable, remembered as a forgettable. How's that? Remembered as a very forgettable, uh, college football player more than likely. So, uh, that's, that's, that's what Jack Tuttle's been up to. Consider yourself Tuttled, consider yourself filled in on, on what Jack Tuttle's been up to. He's more than likely going to graduate from, uh, Indiana university where his father played as a kicker. Both of his parents are from Indy although he grew up in uh, San Marcos, California. Um, you know, that's, that, that's what happened to Jack Tuttle. Now Utah's coming off of a, a run to the Rose Bowl without Tuttle uh, with a guy named Cam Rising behind center, somebody that everybody's really uh, feeling really good about and uh, someone who has a chance to create a much better legacy at Utah. So that, that's, that's, your, that's your Tuttle update. Uh, it's probably the only Tuttle update you'll ever get on this show. I'll tell you another fun fact. You go to jacktuttle.com and Jack Tuttle, it, it, it takes you to the homepage for this guy who's a bluegrass performer and instructor. He teaches bluegrass fiddle online on a YouTube channel and uh, teaches private lessons. So that, I guess, there you go. That Jack, maybe Jack Tuttle, the quarterback, could take bluegrass guitar lessons from Jack Tuttle, 
the bluegrass performer and instructor. That would be kind of fun. That's that's what I want to happen for Tuttle. That should be that should be his next path in his life. So anyway, that's that. I wanted to so that's just a little bit of a Tuttle update. Let, we're, let's talk about the guys who are really on the team. Okay, I tweeted this out on Locked On Utes Twitter. Uh, the, obviously, the the football program tweeted out this really nice kind of. It, it's really manicured. You know, it's it's well edited. Obviously, they're taking the best of the best shots. But I was really encouraged to see this video of the guys um, practicing, doing a little spring ball up at the Rice Eccles Stadium. Seemed like there's a lot of really good energy among the team. Um, it was really exciting to see. I'm looking forward to seeing the spring game on April 23rd at Rice Eccles Stadium. And I'll tell you about what I'm hoping to see in that spring game, what I want to see. But first, let me just tell you about something that I already do see on billboards all over Salt Lake City. I mentioned this last show, Built Bars. They've got billboards all over the city. You drive on I-80, it's there. You, t- you, you get onto I-15 to go downtown to go to work, which is what I do every day. Billboards for Built Bars. I mean, it, it, I've got to try these Built Bars. I, I don't know what's stopping me. I think about it every time I see these bill bar, billboards, especially the ones with the puffs on them. And here, here's what Built Bars is saying about the puffs. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. This is supposedly a fan favorite concoction they make. Okay, they've got some incredible flavors. They've got yummy, 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 cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow. Probably wouldn't be my favorite choice, but this this one sounds good. Banana cream pie. Ooh, man, I think think this is going to be good. But here's, here's the craziest thing. They've got way less sugar, way less carbs, way more protein than the average candy bar. This, these things are actually good for you, but they still have 100% real chocolate. I mean, that, that's just the way they do it at Pilfire, apparently. They are all about the taste. They're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make it taste good first. The next move, we're going to see what we, how to make it healthy. But taste comes first at Bilfar. And that's what these guys are all about. And I'll tell you what, they have this great promo code that I know I'm going to use. And I'm sure everybody else can use it. I don't think it's a one-use-only kind of thing. I'm, I'm sure you can use it as well. Go to built.com. That's their website. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That'll give you 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% at built.com. Try them. Let me know what you like. Let me know what your favorite flavor is. I'd love to hear that. I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you, but back to, back to the spring game coming up in two weeks from now, erroneously, I tweeted that I was excited for it to be uh, next week. I was referring to this week. I think it's actually the week after it's uh, April 23rd. A lot of, a lot of things I really want to see about from the spring game. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing the guys out there. I think the turnout's going to be really good for a spring game. I know excitement around the program is, Incredibly high, especially coming off of the season they had last year. Um, all the feel-good stories that come out of it, all the ways that Utah's been able to to capture the emotions and and get everybody excited and and back it up with great play as well. Uh, I'm really I, I'm really looking forward to. I think I'm going to get credentialed for the uh, spring game, so I might be up in the press box. But if I'm not, I'll probably just be walking around the concourse at the stadium. Love to come uh, say hi. Um, I'll find a way to make myself seen so you know what I'm wearing or whatever. Um, if, if anybody wants to come say hi to me, I don't expect anybody to because I'm a nobody. But if you want to, you're more than welcome to. But what you really should be looking for in the spring game is this. This is what I want to see. I want to see hot 
nasty, disgusting, jaw-dropping speed. That's what I really want to see out of next year's University of Utah football team. I want to see guys who can fly all over the field. I want to see that same energy that I saw in the hype video tweeted by the University of Utah. I want to see that same energy come to life. And not only do I want to see it because it's fun and exciting, but because I do have a couple of questions about the roster that I would like to have settled at the spring game. I want to go into the, uh, to the game at se- uh, on September 3rd in the swamp. Probably won't be going. I hate Florida. I lived in Florida for a year. It's a terrible place. Won't be going to Florida ever again in my life. But I want to be able to watch the game on TV and say, okay, I'm confident they can fill the holes left by Britton Covey, who you could argue very reasonably best punt, report, punt returner, kick returner in the history of the program. I think Shaky Smithson probably had the best single season. Maybe. I would have to check the numbers. I think that's someone you can look to as, as uh, kind of also has a legacy of, of speed at the University of Utah. You also think about guys like Bo Nagahi, who led the nation in uh, kickoff returns in 2002. Guys like that. But, you know, uh, more, you know now we're talking Britton Covey. We've got to replace this guy. Who's going to be taking control of the punt returns? Who's going to be getting the Utes in excellent field position to start their offensive drives? I'm curious to see who will be taking reps from that. I, I think we'll see guys like Money Parks taking that. Um, I think, um, you know, there's a, a number of guys who have shown speed on the outside and maybe have really never gotten those reps at punt return. I think, I think that's something that's going to be a very underrated position to fill for Utah. The other thing I really want to look at is the cornerbacks. I think that's something that was definitely exposed against Ohio State. Obviously, Utah came into that game very injured. They had to um, to turn to some, some uh, drastic measures to fill some of those gaps against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Uh, but I, I think you want to see just a lot of speed at cornerback, guys who can stay with, you know, stay with the receivers, you know, guys who aren't going to get beat. Because I, that's probably, in my mind, the primary concern going into a game in the swamp to start the year. Uh, it's no secret that, you know, teams in the SEC are built on speed. Think about Alabama. Alabama is consistently the fastest team in college football. They have the best athletes. That's why they more often than not win the national championship. Of course, they didn't last year. But they're going to need some serious speed against Florida. And I, that's, that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see some guys who can really turn and burn, who can really excite me with their speed, not only with the ball, but without the ball. And I'm also excited to see uh, Muhammad Diabate. I want to, uh, he'll, he'll be in a, in a Utah uniform in front of fans for the first time. That'll be a, a lot of fun. The question there, can he fill the shoes left by Devin Lloyd, at least as best he can? I don't know if he can be Devin Lloyd. But can he be Gianni Paul? That's not a bad replacement to go. Not a bad way to think about it. So a lot of things, a lot of, lot of, those are kind of the things that I'm going to be thinking about, you know, going into the spring game on April 23rd. Should be a lot of fun. Again, I'm going to be there. Um, if you want to meet up, say hi, whatever. That would be cool. I would, I, that, would, that would actually be a lot of fun for me. So well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's baseball season. Opening day in Major League Baseball was last week. Utah, of course, as has been the case for the last 10 years, has just one alum in Major League Baseball. We're going to catch up with him, see, see how his start to the season has gone, see what the, the current Utes are 
how they're doing in their in their Pac-12 play so far this season. We'll get right into that, but first let me tell you about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. And if you want to make this a memorable summer with your sports betting, you want to get the edge on Major League Baseball, a little bit of NBA playoffs, that should be fun, right? I'm sure David Locke on Locked On Jazz will get you ready for everything the Jazz can expect in their playoff series against the Dallas Mavericks. All that good stuff. BetOnline.net, though, they're going to have all the uh, the in- insider edge, the inside information, so you can you can really capitalize on uh, turning that money into some shmoney. You know what I mean? Uh, Bobby Shmurda was in town over the weekend. That was kind of fun, too. So what you got to do, go to BetOnline.net. They got this cool place where you can just pop your email in there. They're going to send you insights and analysis every day right to your inbox. Again, that's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. So, again, baseball's in the air. We've still got quite a lot of time until football season really gets started. But fall practices, games, all that good stuff. But hey, it's baseball season. It's summertime. Summer love. And Utah's lone alum in the CJ... Oh, excuse me. Summer love. And Utah's lone alum in the majors, CJ Crone, you might remember, is drafted in the first round back in 2011 by the Angels. I believe he played briefly for the Salt Lake Bees on his way up to the majors. He has, uh, he, I, I, he, to, to the best of my cursory research, uh, and just off the top of my head, he remains the only University of Utah baseball product in the majors. Uh, he, he was with the Rays, uh, I believe, last year or something like that. Anyway. No, no, no. He was with he was at the Rockies last year. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I thought this was his first year at the Rockies. It's not. I'm looking at his stats right here. Uh, you might remember he uh, it looks here. You know, he was coming off of an injury his last season with the Rays. Um, so he signed a minor league deal with the Rockies. Took a little bit of a chance there. Uh, did did not have a guaranteed spot on the 40 man. Still was invited to spring training as part of the 40 man roster, and earned himself a two year, 14.5 million dollar deal in October 2021. He rewarded the Rockies for that investment with a career year as far as RBIs go with 92 ribbies to go along with 28 home runs with a batting average of 281. So he's, he's started, he's again, he's with the, the Rockies again, and he, uh, already, he already is making an impact so far this season. They've just played, a, they've already had a three-game series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, he absolutely belted a 445-foot home run on Sunday in a 9-4 win over the Dodgers. Again, I'm sure David Locke, a uh, guy who hates the Dodgers more than anyone else I know on earth, really appreciated that. So C.J. Crowan off, off to a good start. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, sports uh, baseball experts are projecting him to have another 90-run RBI season. So best of luck to C.J., Holding it down for the Utes in the major leagues. As far as the current Utes go, there's a lot to be encouraged about. I did, I did not realize this about the Utes. I knew they were going into their first season with a new head coach, Gary Henderson, replacing longtime skipper Bill Kinneberg, who had been with the program for forever. So kind of the they've turned the page on a new era at the University of Utah. My good friend uh, has been covering this very well on Twitter. Alex Lundberg, 24-7, Lundy on Twitter. He's, he gives real-time updates. He, he's, he's a real sharp baseball, all-around sports mind. i got to have Lundy on the show soon. 
But uh, Utah over the weekend played a three-game series at home against UCLA. They lost in 10 innings on Friday, 6-5. to five. Again, a narrow loss on Saturday, 4-3, to three, but then avoided the sweep on Sunday with the 7-6 victory over number 15 UCLA. So, not swept. Uh, two, went 1-2 and two against the Bruins at home. I think that's something Utah will have to take and feel happy about, especially considering they easily could have, you know, won all three of those games at, at a certain point. So, so far this season, Utah's already exceeded last year's record. In 2021, they had a final record of 17-33. and 33. Right now, the win over UCLA on Sunday brings them to 18 wins on the season. They've, they've got an 18-13 and 13 record with one tie. I realize they did ties in college baseball. They got big wins over warm-weather schools such as Loyola Marymount. If you're a fan of Los Angeles Angels, you'll know that's where former B great David Fletcher went to college. They also have wins over San Diego State, UNLV, uh, Cal State Bakersfield, all that good stuff. The Utes are led this season by TJ Clarkson. He's by far their best hitter. He's hitting 339. Also leads the team in RBIs with 31 and home runs with 10. On the mound, the guy the guy to know this year is uh, Dusty Schramm, which is a who has a great baseball name, I'll say. He right now has a 3-0 record with an earned run average of 1.89. So, just a little bit about Utah baseball. I know that's not something that's always on everybody's minds, but they do, I think, it, it being in baseball, or having a baseball program, I'll say, in the Pac-12 was always going to be a challenge for Utah, um, considering the geographic climate concerns that are inherent in the state. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be almost impossible for Utah to consistently compete with teams like Arizona State. Um, USC is always has had a great baseball program for years and years. UCLA, uh, recently Oregon and Oregon State, while they are warm weather places, they've they put a lot of money into their baseball programs as well with brand new facilities up there in Oregon. Uh, but still, Utah's managed to have some level of success in the Pac-12. You might remember they won the Pac-12 championship in 2016. Uh, kind of a miraculous run there. Um, here's the thing about the, the Utah baseball program. They play their home games at Smith, Smith's Ballpark, which if you're a Salt Lake City native or local now, local now, or you know, just have a weird knowledge of minor league baseball stadiums, you'll know that's where the Salt Lake Bees play their home games. So they share the stadium with the bees. They rent it um, for games. Not in, not in small part because Kinneberg's um, nephew uh, is actually uh, the uh, assistant GM for the bees. So I think that probably had part of it. But anyway, part of it to do with it. But anyway, uh, it, it's not a great situation for the University of Utah. I mean, th- they don't draw particularly well being off campus. I know there's a number of challenges they have. Uh, the biggest one, and I, I don't expect most people to know this. You would only know this if you've covered a baseball game, like I have a few times. Uh, I think just, I don't know if it's due to NCAA concerns or whatever. They can't be in a professional locker room. Something like that. Or maybe for the fact that there's not enough space at Smith's Ballpark. They don't, the Utes don't have a locker room to play in. They literally have to change for the game either on the bus or in the bowels of the arena in, in or arena in the stadium, in the hallways there, just in those dirty cement covered, you know, walls, all that. They, they literally just have to carry their bags in and change in the hallway. And 
that's not a great formula for recruiting, I would imagine. So I think finding a solution to the facility issues is going to be really key for Utah. I think it's, it's always been a struggle for them. I see it, you know, they have that little field up on guardsman's way right next to the uh, Steiner uh, sports complex. Um, that, that rarely gets used though. And there's no seating there. Um, I know that the, the plan is, I think the plan has been to kind of expand on that space, uh, build it out a little bit more. So the Utes can really have uh, a baseball stadium. There's a softball stadium on campus. They don't have a baseball stadium. So the Utes can have a, a baseball facility near the campus that they can be proud of, that they can use the locker rooms in, all that good stuff. But I, for, for whatever reason, I think there's been some kind of issue with the getting the, the adjacent land, which is owned by the city. So I think there's been some kind of issue there. But getting a baseball facility on campus is an absolute must. Otherwise, the the the... 2016 Pac-12 championship is just going to be that, an anomaly. So anyway, that's something to keep posted on. I'm sure, you know, maybe, I mean, it's been an issue for years. Maybe there will be a development in it. Maybe there won't be. Who knows? Anyway, for all that info, info stay here. You can also follow my friend 24-7 Lundy on Twitter. He follows Utah baseball, covers it just about as well as anybody. So anyway, just that's the show. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, the NFL draft is, is creeping up. That's going to be on April 28th. So why don't you make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen of the day now? You made me your first listen. Number two, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Like this show, it's a free and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. So go ahead and make Locked On NFL Draft your very next listen. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Utes. We'll see you tomorrow.